Beyond the Ranch with Jay Gannon from Find the Ranch. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. My name is Jay Gannon and I am your host. Today, I welcome Andrew Sneed to the podcast. Andrew is a lead technician with Repairsmith, who is a partner of ours on the, the Wrenchway and Find a Wrench side. A great, great company. We had Joel Milne on a, a couple of weeks ago, and I think this is a, a really cool conversation to have because Andrew is actually boots on the ground. Andrew is out doing that job. So how, uh, how are you today, Andrew? I'm great. How are you? Good. I guess before we get into the Repairsmith stuff, I want to kind of dive into your background. What what led you into automotive repair in the first place? Is it something you grew up with or was it something that you just kind of took took an interest in? Well, I was always uh, into cars, I guess I could say. So when I was a little kid, you know, playing the video games. Um, and as I grew older, uh, eventually I needed a car. Um, so I purchased my first car, didn't really have the money to have a, a clutch done on it. Um, so I took it to a buddy's house, uh, a mentor, I guess you could call him. And, uh, we did it in his, in his driveway. And that was, I kind of fell in love from that point on, um, always been into the technical things, you know, taking things apart, putting them together, uh, but never a car up until that point. And it was rewarding, extremely rewarding. And I, I just, I loved it, passionate about it now. And when did you like from there, what kind of took it to the next level where you like, I, I've, I want to make a career out of this. So, yeah, I actually ended up going to a, um, a community college for a semester. Uh, and I actually lucked out and I mean, that's how I look at it anyway. Yeah. Um, I was able to get a job in the career that I was going to school for. So, um, I ended up not, you know, not finishing school. Um, but like I said, I was able to do what, what I was going to school for. So it was, you know, I, I had reached the end, the end goal there. Um, it wasn't the best job, but it was a job and, uh, I, I, I didn't hate it. It was great. Like I said, it was, I was passionate about it and I still am. Um, I think it's very important, you know, to go to work and do what you love to do. And it's not work at that point. So. Yeah, I love that. And so you went really from not having a background or like uh, maybe a family member or somebody like that, that was in automotive prior to you pursuing this, right? Like it was kind of just something that you were playing, you were gaming and thought that was pretty cool and wanted to kind of take that to the next level. Necessity made you change your clutch and uh, yeah. something you just kind of, <laughs> just something kind of, it kind of fell into your lap, right? Yeah, I'm, my family, we come from, you know, journeyman electricians, plumbers, you know, jack of it, all the trades in my family. Um, yeah. So it was about time somebody started working on cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool, though. I, I think that's that goes to show a lot of people that listen to this podcast that it not everybody comes from that traditional background of like growing up in it or, um, you know, that there's there's other avenues that get people interested in our industry which I think is a really, really big piece, especially as we're trying to, to uh, attract and develop younger talent. I think that's a, a huge, huge point. So let's talk about Repairsmith. What, what, uh, what is it that you do with Repairsmith? Uh, so I started with Repairsmith back in November of 2019, uh, back when the company was in its true infancy. Uh, yeah. I would still consider us in our infancy, but this was 
in the very beginning. Uh, I came on as a technician, the first out-of-state technician for the company and the first technician in Vegas, uh, launching the market pretty much uh, on my own for the first week. And then the following week, we had our second technician. Wow. Um, so it was just us two for, I, I want to say five months. And then we finally got our third technician. Um, but yeah, it was, it was remarkable. I mean, the, going, the change was incredible. I mean, going from a shop setting into a mobile setting uh, for the first time, and I was very positive about it. I wasn't nervous. Um, you know, I, I'm very capable of speaking to a customer, and that's one of the harder things to do especially when you're attracting talent, um, you know, have somebody that knows how to work on cars and as well as talk to the customer respectfully and, uh, you know, handle a situation where you can upsell or, uh, you know, have a, have that one-on-one -on -one without it being uncomfortable for either party. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we were, it was just him and I for the first five months. Uh, and it was, like I said, it was great. It was, um, like you said, feet on the ground, it was crazy. How, how was it the first, like the, the first week you start with RepairSmith, they just hand you keys to a van and say, <laughs> Hey, good luck. Uh, or is it, no. I mean, you're, you're, you've got some processes that you're trying to work out or was it some of the stuff that they already had kind of in place? Yeah. So the process was kind of already in place. Um, everything from, from the time I started to currently, a lot of things have changed. Sure. Um, but like I said, going from the infancy into where we are now, of course, there's going to be a lot of change. Uh, when I was brought on, um, I had a trainer. He came up, stayed in Vegas. It was actually the week of SEMA, so that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I was able to go <laughs> <laughs> while, while on the job. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was great. Uh, even throughout all the struggle, you, you, don't come in, you don't come into something like this uh, and not expect to go through change. And right. that's a challenge on its own. Because uh, not everybody's able to take that change and be like, this is for the better. It's going to be hard now, but the reward will be worth the challenge. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, and that's the only way we'll ever, we will ever evolve as a company is through change and, and through trial and see if this works. If it does, great. If it doesn't, then we'll, you know, we'll figure something else out. But you're going to face that. Yeah. Uh, so if there had to be a challenge, that would probably be it. So what, what drew you to the mobile side? I, I know you, you had experience in, in shops and physical shops, and then you see this opportunity that is different probably than anything else that was out there. Right. I, I mean, was yeah. it something that you, you, you kind of put all the variables together and you're thinking, okay, this is kind of cool. It gives me some level of independence or it, you know, some flexibility, you know, what, what was it that really kind of drew you to be, uh, to that, that mobile side? I think really it was all about the customer engagement. I did, however, I was doing, you know, some moonlight work where I was already mobile and having to deal with my own customer satisfaction and all that. So I kind of had an idea of where I wanted to be. And I had originally thought of just launching my own small, very small business, absolutely not to the scale. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it was myself, just myself as a technician, the service advisor, the dispatcher, you know, taking on all of those responsibilities, or it was myself and another person uh, kind of sharing those responsibilities. Um, so I had, I had already been kind of juggling that thought um, around. And then I came home from my job at the time. I, you know, whether, whatever it was, whether I was upset for the day or whatever, 
I went online and I just, I, you know, Google searched automotive technician jobs and up came RepairSmith and I put in my application and, you know, the rest is history. So that's cool. I, I, is there anything that you've learned since going to the mobile side that you like that maybe wasn't like you thought it was going to be, if that makes any sense? Like, was there any surprises when you got out and, and started kind of working your area? I was actually quite surprised at the amount of customers we got as quickly as we got them, especially yeah. in a new market. Um, people, I mean, people were raving about it. They're like, this is a genius idea. How, how come nobody did this sooner? And there have been attempts in the past, um, but nothing has been executed the way that we have executed it. Yeah. And I think that's key, you know, having a distinct um, image in the consumer's eye, our big blue vans or small blue vans, whatever, they're all blue. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, who's coming. We present ourselves, ourselves in a extremely professional manner. Um, and I think that's, that's really the, the key, uh, as far as, uh, um, I forget what the actual question was. Well, <laughs> no, it just like any surprises when you got out there, it, it but I, I think you hit that on the head where, uh, when you go into something, especially a newer company, trying to get a feel of, okay, is, is there real traction out there? Is this something that the consumer really, really wants? And I'm sure there's some level of gratification once you start in the field and you're like, oh yeah, man, there, there's a whole bunch of demand for this. Like, and then to have that, you know, in talking with Joel, the cool part is just understanding the technology that goes behind that. And, yeah. and some of the stuff that maybe, you know, if you were to do an independent, you know, kind of mobile service on your own, you wouldn't have access to some of that stuff that is making your job easier. Um, I think it's, it's similar from the standpoint of like, I'll talk to techs that want to start their own shops and some of the stuff that maybe they don't understand up front that goes into it is so important because they, you know, with the day that you take on your own business, like act, the actual repair becomes secondary, keeping mm -hmm. your business going becomes the foundation. And then, you know, everything else in, in trying to keep those customers happy, everything like that, it adds a whole other element where you kind of get the best of both worlds here, where you get the freedom, you get kind of that, that ability to go out, talk to customers, um, you know, hopefully develop a relationship with customers, that kind of thing, where you're gaining that trust. And then, you know, it's a, it's a happy thing when they see that blue van come around the corner, right? Like, that yeah, it's, you're, it's cool. And you're exactly right. I mean, you, you said it kind of gives you a taste of both worlds. So in a way, I love that aspect of it. I was, because I was considering doing this on my own, I, I became an employee for somebody else, but I was still able to attract my own customers. I would, I was able to build a rapport with customers. I have, I, I had several, you know, regular customers who, who really, you know, vibed with me and they, we got along and they just wanted, they were just happy to find somebody that they could trust. Uh, the, on, and on top of that, the transparency between technician and consumer is kind of unheard of. Um, I, I, if I, you know, to speak honestly, yeah. um, and I love that more than anything I, I seeing, you know, being the, the guy in the Cape, being the hero for the day for that person in particular, it's always a good feeling. Um, but do being, having the skill set to provide relief or happiness or any positive emotion in somebody is always, you know, I've, I've 
that's what, that's what the job's all about. You know, in my opinion, like you said, it's, it, that's the secondary part. The, the, the money is secondary. I would rather, I'm just happy to be helping somebody in need. That's cool. I, I see that trait in a lot of really good technicians that like that their, their heart is into figuring out stuff and, and trying to help people. Um, and I think that goes for just any general person. Like if, if the, <laughs> the best people try to help out other people and <laughs> I think there's, there's a lot of value in that, but walk me through what a day in your life looks like. Like what you, you just wake up in the morning and it's eight o'clock and you go out and you work for eight hours in your home or how, how does a, how does a typical day look for you? So it, yeah, you're, you're pretty much uh, correct in your assumption. So yeah, you'd wake up, uh, you go to your van. That's when your day starts. So that's, that's when you're punching in um, and you're at work. So you, then you would go to your, your parts warehouse uh, wh- wherever that may be. We have several accounts. Um, so let's just say O'Reilly's, for example. Sure. You would stop at your O'Reilly's. Uh, our, the dispatch team has already, they've looked at your day schedule and they've ordered all of the parts that we know we need wow. to that store. Um, so you pretty much have everything that you need for the day in your first stop. Wow. Um, with the exception of, uh, you know, diagnosis repairs. So if they, if you go out to a car and you diagnose it, um, you know, you, you say, Hey, Mr. Customer, this is the problem. You get, uh, to talking to your service advisor. We come up with an estimate. We provide that estimate. They they say, yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. We can, um, you know, we, we, we always try to get them settled same day because, uh, that means setting up another, time slot, which is time that we could be, you know, using to make, uh, you know, to have another appointment for somebody else. Um, so that's kind of the real goal is just making sure, trying our hardest to make sure that we can take care of it that same day. Um, but in that case, you would then return obviously to pick up whatever you may need. Um, but that's really the only exception. And then you would go to your first appointment. Usually our, our first appointments are eight thirty nine in the morning. Um, you know, meet and greet with the customer, uh, you know, then, uh, making, you know, verifying what the actual problem is, uh, moving on to the performing, whatever it may be, whether it's diagnosis or, you know, replace part A, part B, uh, then following that you would do your inspection, um, regular, you know, general inspection. Yeah. Uh, then after that, we would go over our findings with the customer that way. And I find that that's always the most successful way to have, you know, when you, when you show a customer a bill for $1,200, they are going to see the dollar amount and they're not even going to bother reading the words. Um, so taking that five extra minutes and just being like, Hey, showing them what the actual problem is, you know, let, allowing them to process what the problem is and then looking at a dollar amount is, is always, you see more success that way. Yeah. And, and it also keeps both parties calm. The last thing we want to do is present you something that's, you know, and then next thing you know, it's, Hey, get out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and also you're at their property. So like they're in charge, they are the boss, not you. <laughs> so it's, it's hard to be like, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, it's hard to sway somebody cause they are, you're, you're on their turf. Um, right. so yeah, just, you want to be as tactful as possible. Um, 
but at the same time execute your work with with accuracy um and then you know at that point you would uh take payment from the customer and so so on i mean you yeah. rinse and repeat for the rest of the day uh typically i would get home around 6 30 so you look at from eight eight in the morning till 6 30 at night it's, it's 10 hour shifts we we uh we're very vigilant on a 410 schedule like we, we really want that for our techs because uh it's it's very common at least in my experience when you are in a shop setting you know you can it's very easy to be overworked yeah um and then you kind of have no work-life balance so this way we're providing our technicians with you know you can you have three days off to spend time with your kids your family uh and so forth you know it's 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 very it's great like I, that's that was another big selling yeah. point uh, as far as joining on are you able to tune out like for those, those three days? Like, do you have, like, as you're building those customer relationships, are they, are they calling you directly? Or are they calling dispatch? And then like everything's funneled through dispatch? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is funneled through our service advisors or dispatch. Um, and then, you know, I mean, there was days where I, you know, I would be off on a Thursday because my, my shift would end on a Wednesday. Um, and then I would see that same customer from Tuesday on the following week's schedule. And I had no contact with them at all. Really? So it, it's very nice. The, uh, you, you're able to check out completely for your That's time nice. off, uh, for the most part, unless, you know, I'm, I'm calling you saying, Hey, you know, you know anything about this? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, those are really the only times that you'd be contacted, but that's cool. Like you to, to be, primarily on the road and still be able to tune out too. I think that's a, such a, especially as we get further and further into this, uh, you know, in the, the work-life balance and, and trying to understand that piece with what technicians want to see. I think that's so valuable. And not only that, you give your body some time to recoup. You know, if you're, if you're on your legs for 10 hours a day for four days a week, it, uh, you know, anything that's, and you're on cement, like it can be, it can be tough on the body. So like to be able to get that extra day to, to recover, I think is, uh, important for the longevity of a career of a technician too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, not only that, but as we previously talking about the weather as well, I mean, when you're, especially in Vegas and it's 115 degrees out and you're outside majority <laughs> of the day, you know, shade is your best friend, but it's, 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 uh, it's very nice to have, to feel like you're also being taken care of. Right. I mean, as a, from an employee standpoint, you never want to feel like what, you know, what you have to say doesn't matter or, uh, we're not taking the weather or, you know, anything into consideration. We, we truly want to provide the best environment and experience for not only our consum consumers, but also our employees as well. Uh, it's very, it's a very important target to hit um, because in a shop setting, I mean, I, all I know is, you know, you work hard and maybe we'll notice, or you expect to be noticed. Yeah. Um, and here it's, it's, you know, if you, if you're killing it out there, you're doing a great job, you're going to be, you know, put in a spotlight, whether you like it or not. <laughs> but I, I, and I, I love that. I love that there is an actual, you know, you're, you, there's the possibility of being noticed for being a, a great technician, for providing great customer service. Um, you know, I, I truly adore that because 
I, it's not something that I had ever experienced before. Yeah. I love that too. One thing that is fascinating to me is how do you prep yourself to go out in like a day when it's 115 degrees out? Like, I mean, is it like you mentally you're from Vegas, so that, that like helps, but two, I I think of myself one, I, I will say the, the worst sunburn I've ever got was in Las Vegas working at a trade show. And I, it was, it was, uh, it was cloudy out that day. And I like the top of my forehead was like purple from standing outside all day. And I, I had no idea. It didn't even feel like I was getting sunburned, but I was, I, I got lit up. Uh, but two, how do you like, is it, is there a mental aspect to that as well, where you're kind of like, okay, I know it's going to be hot today. I need to hydrate. I need to do this stuff. Um, I mean, is it, do you kind of look at it like a challenge of like, okay, I need to make sure I do all of this, or is it just kind of, you know what, I grew up in Vegas. I know what this is all about. Not a big deal. <laughs> Personally, I truly believe it's mind over matter because um, there was I mean, there was days I mean, sure, you're dripping sweat, but there's days where, you know, you're you're working on an econo line and you got the dog, you know, got the doghouse out and, and you, you're just sweating bullets and you're you don't even care. You're, at least that's how I am. I'm like, yeah. I'm very I forget what it's called, but all I want to do is get the job done and I, I'll take care of me later. Um, but that, that's just me. I mean, we do have easy ups to provide a shaded structure. Okay. Which, um, you know, personally, I would only use if I was planning on being there for more than two hours. Um, otherwise it's just not worth the time to set it up. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and then also the company was, this is one of those things was nice enough to send out to all of our desert technicians, uh, all of the vans, we got, uh, five gallon igloo buckets with the little spout on the bottom where you fill it up with ice you know stop at a gas station in the morning fill it up with ice two gallons of water and you're good for the next three days so nice it was that was lovely i mean that what a pleasant surprise <laughs> right well and it's it's almost necessity but then at the same time it's like okay they're thinking about me as a person they're not thinking about this as like okay what is my roi on how much this yeah. this ice is going to help or this ice water is going to help us it's more like these are humans. Like they need to stay exactly. hydrated. <laughs> and I, I had purchased, it would have been very easy for, for, you know, for us to be like, we'll just, you know, go to the store and buy one. Yeah. They're not more than 10 bucks, but they, it was, it was, it's always the, uh, you know, that what they're the action, what right. they did it without us having to be like, you know, cause us think about it. Right. It was, uh, they just did it because it's, genuine we're genuinely good people you know right i had i had already purchased one for myself but then to get another one i mean it was just and they knew that i had one already but they're like no we'll send you one that's awesome um, so yeah it, like i said it's just it's that's always nice to feel like you're you're cared for <laughs> well, i think that's what techs techs care about it whether you're in a shop or mobile or wherever you're at and you know like i, I say that about techs but really anybody is you know it might not just be the monetary side of it that, but it's the fact that they thought about that in that, you know, Hey, this might make their job a little bit easier in some regard. And I think that goes such a long way when you are out there and you're like, Hey, yeah, you know what, at least they're thinking of me. I know like there's, there's some, it doesn't matter where you work. There's going to be something that sucks about it. <laughs> like, yeah. And, yeah. and if they can make that a little, little easier on you, I think that goes a, a, a long way. Absolutely. And you truly win the heart of your employees. And I mean, the only way to see success is to keep them happy. Yeah, 100%. So what kind of repairs are you doing on the road? Like you're, it sounds like a pretty wide scope of repair, <laughs> right? So personally, 
which we don't, we don't do this anymore, but, um, within my, I believe third week, third month at the, at the, uh, at, with the company, I did a cylinder head gasket in the field on a Mitsubishi Lancer. Um, so up overhead cams and the timing was involved and he had bent valves because the belt snapped. Oh boy. So that was a couple day ordeal, you know, go out, remove the head machine shop, pick it up in two days, come back out the following day, install it, <laughs> put it all back together. Bing, bang, boom. You got a running engine. <laughs> um, so I've, and then that was the, so I've actually done two cylinder head gaskets in the field. I would say that that is well beyond what is expected, what, what is expected of our technicians currently. Okay. Um, we would 100% be getting with a partner shop and having that vehicle towed to that partner shop and just let them take care of that. Cause um, you know, two days down for, you know, $2,000 isn't ideal. Right. Uh, you, you'd rather be out there utilizing more, seeing more customers, getting the name around more. Uh, and so on so that we value that more than you know and plus you're, you're running into the risk of weather as well i mean you don't want to have a cylinder head off and the next thing you know you know they they can't get to it for a week at the machine shop you come back you got little rust pockets on top of your pistons or whatever right you know you don't want any of that so it's it's not only is it better for cleanliness um but oh in general for the customer it's going to be a better experience um, and as, I mean, obviously, I mean, we do oil changes, so I guess, uh, the perfect answer would have been, you know, from oil changes, to head gaskets, but yeah, I mean, we're not, <laughs> like I said, we're not doing that anymore. So, um, but yeah, we, we, we do transmission, uh, services, uh, you know, drain filter refill. Um, we've done, I mean, just about anything you can think of other than pulling a transmission, pulling an engine and, uh, obviously now cylinder heads. Yeah. Um, but pretty much anything else, I mean, we can do, uh, at a customer's location. So like if, if, um, like general diagnostics, right? Like if you yeah. had a no start condition, you just go out and diagnose it just like you would if you were in a shop, right? Like you just Absolutely. go out and, and, uh, you've got the tools, you've got, uh, the vans, which I'm, I'm curious about how, how are those tooled? Like, do you, do you have like a torch? Do you have like a, a welder or like you're not, if it gets that far, you're going to a partner shop. What a wonderful question. Uh, I had actually within the last week we had to, uh, for one job in particular, I, I went out and bought a map gas torch and a uh, flux core welder um, for one job in particular. Uh, so no, we, we don't have those on the vid. <laughs> which is probably um, all right. <laughs> yeah, which is great. Uh, if pretty much, like you said, if you have to bust those tools out, chances are you're in over your head. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what we found ourselves in. Uh, it was just, it got to the, you know, things broke off in the cylinder head. I could get into the story, but you know, it's, it should have been something that we just from the, from the get go said, Hey, no, we're going to get this to a partnership which is part of learning it too, right? Like I think Absolutely. as you, you, you don't know your boundaries until you kind of push them a little bit. And, and I think that's the unique part about what you guys have done is really kind of understand what you, what is really feasible to do on the road. And then what is maybe, you know, it's better to send to a partner shop. Um, I will say those, uh, you guys have some uh, territories in Wisconsin, and I know for a fact that they're probably going to need a torch or a welder at some point because the rust is going to be far worse up here than it is for you down in Vegas. 
Absolutely. So I, I don't know what those buildouts look like because that's yeah. the, that region is specifically for uh, fleet. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't, and I, I can't say that they're doing, you know, crazy suspension things where the bolt hasn't moved in 30 years, you know what I right. mean? Um, so maybe when we get into the, the general public market in those areas where the weather is really bad, I'm sure that we will make the adjustments. Yeah. Um, just like we had, just like we got our water buckets, um, in California, I'm not, I can't remember if they sent them out to everybody, but I know that it was specifically for us in Vegas, Phoenix, Tucson we were receiving that. So I would imagine it'd be something similar to that. Okay. But, you know, along those lines. So uh, how, how big of a territory do you cover? Is it just like the, the greater Las Vegas area? Yeah. Yeah. So my service, when I was a technician, my service area was the, all of Las Vegas. So, uh, you know, up in Northwest Centennial, all the way to Southeast Henderson, everywhere in between. It was, you know, we covered it all. Our, re- our service regions are typically citywide. Do you get a lot of like tourist stuff there? Like it, where if, or is it not, I, I can't imagine in Vegas, like how, how that looks. Funny enough, my first appointment with the company was from somebody who was visiting from other <laughs> somebody had actually crawled underneath their car and uh, cut their fuel line in half and tried and put a catch pan underneath just to get the fuel out for whatever reason. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, so we do, uh, I've, I've experienced, I would say 99% of our, you know, calls are going to be from locals. And then that 1% is going to be the people who are just visiting or, um, you know, you'll, they'll set up an appointment and they're like, you know, we'll call and be like, yeah, something came up. We had to, we have to move your appointment. And they're like, well, just please make sure you come today because I have to be home tomorrow. And it's like, okay. So we, we do run into those things, but typically it's, it's, uh, it's the locals. It's probably better that way. Right. Like if, if you get <laughs> yeah. a, a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, crazy Vegas guests, you probably, uh, it's probably not quite the clientele you're looking for, but yeah. How, uh, I'm, I'm curious. One thing that I'm curious with mobile, and, and this is something that is just, I don't know, it's kind of fascinating to me, but how, how do you keep stuff clean? Like, how do you like, like, say if you're doing a service, just a general service on somebody's cement driveway and like, you're trying to prevent oil from spilling on the driveway. And, you know, some of those stupid drain plugs are on top of a frame rail, which then like drain oil all over the place. How do you, how do you like keep it clean? So my method was, um, you know, you know, you know, the very shallow drip trays. Yeah, they're very, you know, wide enough to pretty much cover, you know, frame rail to frame rail. I would slide that underneath. And then on top of that, I would put my catch. And then that way, if you know, the and wind is your worst enemy. When oh, you're I can imagine. Changes yeah, at somebody's house. And, and then I mean, you you're, you know, you pop the drain plug out. And then next thing you know, the gust of wind comes and you got oil on the rear diff now and it's like dang it <laughs> so it's <laughs> like, that happen? Yeah, yeah exactly and so it's very hard to be 100 accurate and in, in not getting anything on the ground at all okay. um but we i i tried my best you know what i mean and i can honestly say that we do have um kitty litter you yep. know that we would sprinkle on our little drops and then obviously sweep it up i don't the last thing i want to do is leave a mess of yeah. any sort whether that was you know, try the, the, the stuff less left behind from what, what you were trying to clean. You know what I mean? I was, I would sweep it all up. I would try my hardest to just make it look like I was never there. 
Um, but it is a challenge. Yeah. The wind, like I said, the wind especially is the hardest part. And I, I equate this to, um, I remember I spent a fair amount of my career in the equipment business and obviously mobile is more prevalent on the, the construction equipment and ag yeah. equipment business. And we once had a customer, well, we had a road tech that had spilled some oil on this guy's driveway and he was very particular. And so he called us at corporate and was like, you guys need to come out and bring a jackhammer out here and jackhammer up all my driveway and re-pour the driveway and do, <laughs> and I'm like, man, that like this, the spot was like, it was tiny, but it was, uh, oh this guy goodness. was like a, I, I mean, he was mad. Uh, so I, that, that was an interesting one, but I, I think it might be easier with, with cars in general to be able to kind of direct where you're going to go with the oil. Like you said, the wind, if you, yeah. if you can try to block it or, you know, whatever it is, like there's, I'm sure as you, you get out there and you get used to doing it, there's probably some techniques and, and some <laughs> secrets that you learn over time to, to make it easier. Yeah. You walk back to the van with one of these numbers, trying to keep the oil from, <laughs> <laughs> from hitting your elbow. And yeah. Your <laughs> But yeah, that's exactly right. And, you know, worst case scenario, carry a little towel underneath or whatever, just, right. you know, we try our best. And yeah. I, 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 I always felt, you know, personally, obviously I'm held accountable for leaving a drop, but yeah, I would always, you know, take it to the heart. Like I like, yes, it's just a dot, but it is not your house. That's right. the biggest thing to remember. It's not your property that that's getting, you know, tarnished. However, no, no matter how big or how small, it's not yours. So right. I would always personally feel bad and customer be like, Oh no, don't worry about it. Right. You know what I mean? What are you going to do? Yeah. Um, so in a certain regard, and I'm not going to say, well, the customer should expect that this is mobile and it's not going to be perfect because that's, that's just not the mindset we want to set up for ourselves. Right. We want to enter this doing everything we possibly can to prevent a spill situation. Well, and I, th and I think that it's as much about, uh, again, about the mindset and the pride you have as a technician going out and, and wanting to, to set that, you know, that positive example, mistakes are going to happen from time to time. And it's, it's, it's more like having the pride of keeping something cleaned up. And, you know, I think I equate it to, if you have some remodeling done in your house, I mean, I've had varied levels of some people, some companies left behind more of a mess than others did. And, mm -hmm. you know, some leave dust behind and, you know, all that, but then there's others that it's looks better than when they came. And I, I think that leaves as much of an impression as the work itself. Right. And I think that's such a, such a key point and something I think you guys do a really good job at. And how, so talk to me a little bit about your role now, because you've progressed from a really in-field technician to more of a support role of supporting all of these techs, right? Yes, um, you're exactly right. So I, the, the title is uh, deemed team lead uh, for the desert region. So that means I'm managing 17 B2C or consumer technicians and um, three, uh, three technicians for fleet that I kind of have a less, less role in, in their day-to-day but I'm still here for support for them as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, and that, that spans from Vegas, Phoenix, and Tucson. Uh, it's, it's definitely a change of pace. For, uh, and I'm sure maybe you have experienced this where you, know, you go from sweating every day, doing a ton of physical labor, um, and then one day you're just no more. 
You know what I mean? And it's like, I still try to get out as much as I can. Cause like I said, I'm passionate about it. It's not sure. that I, I don't like it anymore. It's like, but now I, I do have more time to work on my own toys, which is great. Um, however, as far as benefiting my guys, um, I'm looking at, you know, schedule fill areas of improvement, um, making sure that they have what they need to, to complete the job. You know what I mean? Um, that's, I'm responsible for all of them just as much as, you know, we as a team are responsible for our area. Okay. Um, so I'm more of, I'm doing more clerical things, um, trying to make, you know, trying to make it as smooth as possible for them. That, that's my main concern. Um, cause I've been in their shoes. I know what it's like. You, you want to have everything as smooth as possible. The less hiccups, the better go out, do work, um, you know, provide excellent customer service and go home and feel like you, you, you did something great instead of go home and be like angry because something didn't go right. And you know what I mean? That's yeah. more or less what I'm trying to avoid in my position. Okay. Um, and, uh, just in general, improve the quality of life for all of my guys. Uh, and, and, and doing that, my life will also um, improve. And you're taking some of the same principles that you used when you were going directly to the customer. And like you talked about with the pride and how you leave the job site and how you, you know, like you apply that to your people and you start, you know, obviously I think it helps because you've been in their shoes before, you know, especially in that desert region, there's, there's unique challenges uh, that are different than other areas of the country, but you know what they're going through. And you know, like a lot of that, when, when you bring on a new tech, I get the feeling you guys, uh, RepairSmith as a company, you're looking for somebody that might be a little bit more diverse than a common technician, right? Like where, and when, I shouldn't say it that way. Like, like you have to have some customer facing skills, right? And probably more so on the B2C side than the, than the fleet side. Yes, we, absolutely. I mean, we want... And that's, that's where it kind of gets challenging, like I said before, is you, you really need to have the, the ability to be comfortable with people. Um, and I know, at least when I first started working on cars professionally, I actually preferred it coming from a, a customer service industry where you work retail or something like that, where you, all you do is deal with people. Um, and that was kind of the benefit of working on cars was cars don't talk back, you know? What I mean? <laughs> like, like you, you, it's just you and something to work on nuts and bolts, you know, all of it. It was, that's the easy part. Sure. So when you transition from the easy part to the harder thing that maybe you're not so comfortable with, uh, it is a really big deal. We want to have somebody who's comfortably comfortable in a social, social situation. I have a feeling that service advisors even became a job because technicians were just not comfortable relaying information to a, a consumer. Yeah. Um, so it is, it is a big deal that in its own is like another skill set we're looking for. So not only do you have to work on cars, but you also have to be tactful and uh, know how to defuse a situation with a disgruntled person. Um, so all of that is kind of what it takes to be a technician uh, for Pearsmith. Um, and we, we take a lot of pride in the people that we do have because we know that the skill set we're looking for, or I should say skill sets, um, is not an easy find. It's not something you're going to find every day. Yeah. So are you, when you start somebody new, say in Phoenix, 
are do you travel down to Phoenix then and tr like uh, to travel with them or is it more just kind of remotely like working with them to get through their first few weeks or how how does that kind of onboarding process look with a new tech? So the onboarding process would we would pair them up with another technician. They would do their training for the first week. Um, first day they have orientation, which is virtual. Uh, more so due to COVID. Right. Um, but I have a feeling once we get back in the swing of things, I would much rather be there in person um, just so that they're more comfortable. I know that anything virtual these days is the, the least comfortable thing for most people. Um, so, uh, but yeah, they, they would do their first week of training. And then on that Friday, you know, we'll have a conversation. How comfortable are you? Do you feel like you fully understand the processes? Um, and 100% of the time that answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> They're sick so, of training by that point. Yeah. 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 So we will, we'll get them off that van and then we'll set them up on a schedule where they're either working out of a, a new build out or we're pairing them up with an existing technician who was, uh, working, you know, X amount of days a week. And now we can 100% utilize that van. Um, so that's, that's either way it goes. And then the benefit of having somebody who isn't an existing van is you know, you have um, some sort of camaraderie, whether you're seeing them every morning for van, van pickup or van exchange or whatever the case may be, depending on uh, you know, the schedule that we're tackling in that region. Um, you still have the sense of, of uh, camaraderie. You, you understand that you're not alone. Yeah. I mean, you only see this person one day out of the week, um, but that's usually the, uh, the uh the most soothing day of the week you know what i mean because you have a vent at that point you can get it all out you, you know have some laughs um just things that you would do every day at a right shop. right um, yeah I, I feel like that's that's the biggest probably the most challenging change actually if i had to if i had to mention it is just not being able to joke around with your you know your team every single day every minute you can just say something somebody's going to hear it and you know they're going to respond because yeah. that's just how you are you know yeah. So then they would pretty much be on their own after that. Um, and if they had any questions, needed anything, obviously I'm here for support. Um, and then my RGM is obviously also in support. Uh, as far as um, physical support, like us actually being in Phoenix, we actually have a plan um, for a month over month visit. So he'll, he'll visit, then I'll visit, he'll visit, I'll visit. Nice. That, that way we kind of keep everybody in tune. You're always seeing somebody um, in a supervisory position, uh, in a fairly frequently, not as frequent as we'd like. Um, but fairly frequently. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm sure for you, like Vegas to Phoenix is an easy flight and it's, it's, uh, not, you know, it's not like, it's not like you're going across the country to, uh, to go visit them, you know, like it, it it's, right. it's a pretty simple, simple, uh, exchange there. So, and being on the same time zone probably helps too. Uh, yeah, actually to speak on that, yeah, at, we're actually not, I, oh, you're I, not. I, I, yeah, I believe Arizona is, does not do daylight savings. You're time, right. Nevada does. Yeah. So they're our head currently, but later on in the year, we will go back and we'll be on the same thing. <laughs> I can, uh, Arizona throws everybody for a curveball. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's crazy. I, I, yeah, there's all, there's challenges within its own right on based on that fact. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I did drive this last time I went. It's only four and a half hours. It's nothing crazy. So not bad. Um, 
yeah, it was a simple, quick turnaround, went out and had dinner with the team. So cool. Uh, last question in regard to the mobile side, how do you, how do you coordinate your day in terms of, are, do you have to, are you coordinating based on where you're at? Like, so if you're in Vegas and I start in one area, are you trying to do like a big circle or is it kind of a zigzag or you like, how, is it just depending on the day, like who, who's requesting service? That is a perfect question. <laughs> uh, and let me tell you why. So Initially, regions were based on the entirety of the region. So Las Vegas, there was no, you know, distinct lines, this area, this district, that district, nothing. It was just all of Vegas. I live uh, pretty much as far southwest in Vegas as you can go. Um, but that means I would get like a northeast job, which is on the complete opposite side of town, which is not as crazy as some like some places in California where it takes you an hour to go 20 right. miles. Um you know, pretty much you can get from anywhere to anywhere in Vegas in about 30 minutes. So in that regard, not too bad. Uh, we ended up actually going to a split district, if you will, uh, for the Vegas area where our northern technicians would stay north and only take north jobs. Our southern technicians would only stay south and only take south jobs. Um, what we found was that in the areas that were, were you know, more prominent, um, we saw more business there. And that kind of led to an unfair advantage, depending on where you live geographically. So sure. we've, we've now removed that invisible line. And now you're able to, you know, go work on anywhere in the city again. Uh, and now that, that's a perfect example for trial and error as well. Right. You try something out, you see it's not working. It's unfair as well. And that's not what we want to provide. Um, and we, we definitely don't want only two vans in a region having jobs every day of the week or throughout the entire day, as well as every day throughout the week. And then your other vans are struggling to get jobs. That's just right, not fair. Right. Um, so like I said, now we've relinquished that and uh, we're slowly start, you know, we, we definitely saw success uh, immediately after we, we changed that. So. Cool. Well, this is great conversation. I I'm learning a, a lot about mobile service and I, I admittedly don't, no, on the automotive side, the mobile, the mobile side as much. Uh, I've learned a lot with everything that you guys are doing at RepairSmith. I think it's a, I, I told Joel this too, just an outstanding business model. I think it, it provides opportunities for technicians that might not have been there before. Um, and, and just a different, I don't know, kind of a different feel of this. Of, it's kind of different, but the same kind of, I don't know, I think you get the benefits of of in shop and you have the flexibility and honestly, sometimes it's probably nice just to jump in a van after a job and, and turn on the air conditioning and go to the next place. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I, I love what you guys are doing. I'm a big fan of, of all of you. I think, uh, I think a lot of you guys and um, I uh, just appreciate you joining us today for the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, if, if, if you care to hear, I have uh, you know, one more benefit. Yeah. Um, having the ability to kind of look at your day the day before. And, um, you know, if you're unsure about, you know, how do I do this or what do I need special tools or whatever, you're, you're able to go into pro demand, for instance, type in the VIN number for that vehicle, look up the process and just verify that you are indeed ready to take on that job. And I think that's one, that's a, one of the beautiful things. Cause in a shop, you never know it's walking through that door. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so there, there's a certain aspect of, um, you can kind of visualize your day ahead of time. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I like you that. You definitely have an idea of what's going on. 
rather than it being a complete surprise. You know what I mean? So that's uh, just one more thing to take into consideration. You know what I mean? It, it's, it's great. What, um, so to, to leave off on this podcast, what advice would you give to a technician that might be considering going the mobile route over maybe a traditional shop? Yeah. You know, just make sure, you know, your heart's in the right place. Honestly, you want to do this for the right reasons. It's, uh, it's not everything in life is, you know, financial, right? So, you know, you want to go out and you want to see those smiles that you, you know, you're locked in a cage in a shop and and not, not saying that shops are a bad place, but, (laughs) but, you know, you, you want to have that interaction. You want to be able to have a one-on-one with a customer kind of and, and grow your clientele as well. Cause re- what RepairSmith does is it kind of allows you to be your, your own, not your, be your own boss, but to feel like you're in charge. You know, you, it's just you in the van every day. You are in charge. You can talk to the customer, take care of the situation, you know, be like, Hey, look, I can do this for you. Um, you know, you, you, that's all in your jurisdiction. You're able to do all of that. So mm-hmm. if you, if it's something you truly want to do, keep in mind of, you know, everything, keep in mind of all the bad things as well. Just take it, look at this uh, from a reality standpoint, instead of just saying, Hey, you know what, I'm going to do this blindly and we'll see how it goes. Right. Um, Cause it does take a certain type of person to see success. Love the message. Love what you're doing, Andrew. Uh, I think it's very progressive and uh, appreciate you uh, joining us today. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye.